Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. So, Father, we want to we want to honour you. Firstly, we need to honour you. We need to come back and um, join with the ancient witnesses who have declared you as our rock, our salvation, our surety, our refuge, our hope, our joy. We honour you. We celebrate you. We praise you. We worship you, um, and we worship you for who you are. As reminded this morning, the the importance of worshiping uh, you simply because of the joy and the wonder of who you are, the love that you have for us, the love that you are. Uh, and that's before we even consider what you might do or what we might be asking you to do. So Holy Spirit, we just we just thank you for your presence amongst us. We pray particularly for uh, Nola and uh, her children today as they grieve um, Frank's death. Uh, we give you thanks for this man's faith. We give you thanks for his life and witness amongst us. We give you thanks for the life and witness that Frank and Noel are shared together in marriage and in family. And we ask that you sustain, encourage, comfort this family. May they know your peace. Uh, may they know your blessing. Uh, and as they navigate these next few days, Father, in preparations, uh, in recognition of the finality of life, Father, may you just um, continue to sustain them in the days and the time ahead father for those who knew frank and loved him as well we ask your peace and your comfort and indeed father even in this this time and in this uh stage of um restrictions and guidelines and unexpected uh, events father we do want to pray your peace we're mindful of stats where um services are being stretched in every capacity we ask for a an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, Father, and we pray not even for not only for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, but that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit so that wherever we go, whatever we do, we might be people who speak your hope and your life and your love into hearts and minds and spirits, uh, whether we're in schools, whether we're in cafes, walking the streets, uh, working with family, meeting our neighbours, Father, waving that we might somehow be people who bring life and hope and joy into the lives of others. Uh, may we be people filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, Father, so that we might be poured out for your glory, that others might come to know and encounter you in a very personal way. And now as we open your word, Father, as we reflect on your word, we just ask for your grace and your peace. We ask for your revelation. We ask for your transforming work to happen in us, not just for information, but for a transformed lives that we might be changed as well, Father, as we continue to walk these ways with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, can you remember a time where you were blown away in wonder, where you just thought you saw something, you experienced something, and you thought that was just something that you will never, ever forget. You're so grateful that you're a part of it. I don't know, um, as young families with young kids, the first time where you saw a magic trick, I used to uh, trick my children uh, with uh, a half-empty orange juice bottle and I would uh, make it, uh, it was half-empty and then it would look like I would fill it up again um, and I don't want to give any, I can't give my secrets away and then they'd be blown away as I somehow made the juice fill up to the top again and then uh, undid the lid and it all just disappeared again. So it would be half empty. Or maybe it's for you, that was a bit of a um, uh, 
it's a bit of a difficult thing to explain over Zoom, really, isn't it? And YouTube, or maybe it's the first time you went to a musical show. You know, you took your you took your children to one of those uh, wonderful children Disney shows or something like that down in Melbourne, or you watched something on TV. I thought about the wonder that we'd experienced when we first went live streaming and how um, unexpected and how much joy it brought and how much wonder people had and the work that went behind it to make it. And now all the tech nerds are wondering, why isn't it working now? How can we make it better? Why is it looking like that this week? Why did it look like that last week? The tensions that we feel, where once we experience something as wonderful and joyful and hope-filled, and over time we get a bit suspicious or we get a bit frustrated or we even start to ask more questions. You know, you think about the wonder of magic. You know, as I go back to that uh, story earlier, you, you you're blown away by magic, but as you get older, you get a little bit disagreeing about it. You wonder, well, how are they doing? You're looking for the secret tricks. You, you're not so uh, blown away by the wonder of it. You want to argue almost that it's not really possible. Um, and that's that's true in our life. And that's true in our faith. The sense of wonder can become disappointment. The sense of expectation and promise that can become struggle and insecurity and uncertainty. Uh, the wonder and excitement that we might feel at a particular event or particular response or particular circumstance uh, is, is something we all need at different times. We need to be blown away. We need to have that something capture our hearts, capture our imagination. But it's not, it's not sustainable. It doesn't sustain us for very long. It doesn't encourage us to keep going in some ways. And the struggles and the disagreements that we have, the questions that we might have, uh, and the doubts that we have through that are also common. But we also recognise in that that we need to make decisions through that because the questions and the doubts, uh, the struggles can draw us to become disagreeable rather than simply pressing in to something new. So we're going to uh, read a few verses here from Mark uh, chapter 9. And hopefully I'm going to share my screen. And uh, we're going to just so you can see the text with me. Look at that. I hope you're being able to see the text um, or at least the title slide. We're going to read through Mark chapter 9. Now, before I go here, I want to invite us as I think about, and we've tried to do this in different ways, but I want to ask you some questions as you read the text. And maybe you think about this, whether you've got young children or whether you've uh, got a conversation with uh, uh, an older member or an older neighbour or someone that you catch up with on the phone this week. Think about some questions here as we read through the text. Firstly, what stands out to you? And by what stands out, I mean, what surprises you? Is there something that you haven't seen before? Is there something that you need clarifying? Is there, is there a question that you have? Is there something that catches you off guard or um, takes your breath away or confuses you even? So what stands out? That's, that's the first summary of, of that first question, if you like. Secondly, what do we learn about God as we read this text? What do we learn about God? So what stands out? What do we learn about God? Um, what do we learn about humanity? That is in humanity as a whole, the whole picture of um, every living person, if you like. What's, what's the response that we see of humanity as a whole? Um, this is about reflecting, if you like, the larger worldview. So what stands out? What do we learn about God? What do we learn about humanity, the larger worldview? And then it gets a bit more personal. What do I learn about myself? So what do I learn about the way that I respond to God? What do I learn about the way that I'm engaging with God now? What am I learning about how God engages with me? 
And then finally, now that I know this, now that I've experienced this, now that I'm wandering this path, what will this mean? And what will I do? What stands out? What do we learn about God? What do we learn about humanity? What do I learn about myself? What will I do now? So let's read this text together. Mark chapter 9. When they came to the other side, remembering this is uh, just after Jesus has come off the mountain with the transfiguration, and uh, they um, they had uh, had this wonderful experience on the tra transfiguration, and they came down the mountain. Then when they came to the other disciples, uh, they saw a large crowd gather around them, and the teachers of the law argue, sorry, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and one to, ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. All right, so there you go. You've already heard the wonder and people are going to Jesus because they're just in awe and wonder, just overwhelmed by the wonder even. Like it's something about Jesus that blows them away. And what are you arguing about? He ran to greet them. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into the convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. And after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant. And they were afraid to ask him about it. An astonishing text and i suspect it's a text that many of us have heard or felt that it's an encouragement to uh, not doubt but simply believe and i think there's some truth to that but there's also the other side of that is that some people may have heard this text and said you haven't got enough faith and this might have been a text that used against you now we know that jesus has the authority over evil spirits we understand that we've seen the authority of jesus throughout the gospel of mark there can be no doubt that there is uh, Jesus has authority over all things on heaven and through heaven and on earth. We've understood that. We've seen that demonstrated. 
time and time again. Even the different dynamics of faith, and it's again demonstrated here, the different expression of faith and the way that Jesus responds to that. There doesn't seem to be any one way that Jesus engages with people, expects from people, or even responds to people. It's fascinating, even as I read that text again today. He says, come out of this child and never enter that child again. We've not seen that before from Jesus. Now, why has the author included that? It's just a fascinating aside, and I think a fascinating expression. Now, there's some, but without, we know that, so we know that Jesus heals. And many would argue now that that uh, spirit that Jesus has cast out, many might actually, because of our knowledge now, we might actually have said that that child has epilepsy uh, or a number of other diseases or uh, issues. And so I don't want to get caught up there. Just to highlight again that Jesus has authority. But here's what I want to invite us into. Whether you're watching or being a follower of Jesus for a long period of time or whether you're new, I think there's some steps of faith here, uh, and perhaps not even steps, but just the realities of faith that we go through. Firstly, we can be overwhelmed with wonder at Jesus. Do you remember that first time that you encountered Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior? And whatever age you were, that first time that you heard about Jesus, that first time where you finally thought, this is real, this is true. Jesus is who he says he is. Now, if many of us go back and we think about that, many stories, even as I look around the Zoom room here, there'd be many stories that I've heard of people who go, oh, there's something that just caused me to move. I could not help it. It was like someone grabbed me or someone pushed me. That takes our breath away. That moment where we're running to Jesus because we've gone, Oh, it kind of feels weird trying to express that in a room on my own, but I, I expect that some of you would be, you know, you get that. You understand that, don't you? That one, you run to Jesus because you go, I don't understand it, but I know he has something that I need or I want to be a part of. Yeah. And I think we, we enjoy that. We wonderful. We express that. And then we have these moments along the way where we look, for, we continue to look for the wonder. Oh, we remember that worship service or remember that concert or remember that time when Jesus did this for us. And I think this is what we're seeing here in this crowd. Again, remember, it's the crowd and the crowd. This becomes a really important distinction. We can stay a part of the crowd our whole lives and actually miss the personal relationship with Jesus. And I think this is a, a really... Um, I don't know if it's a caution or a reminder of how we respond. Oh, you know, I just long to feel that beauty. I long to feel that wonder. I long to feel that great experience. I long to feel that emotion. That, if you like, is running to Jesus, being overwhelmed by him. And it's not bad. It's not unhealthy, but neither is it sustainable. Neither does it press us deeper into the presence of the Father. Neither does it really transform us because it depends on what we get out of it. Wonder is a beautiful thing, but it doesn't sustain us. And there's a lot of people that I've seen come to faith or get excited about who Jesus is because we've been wrapped up in an event or we've been a part of an event, and it just hasn't been enough to keep us going. 
And then you see what, what we see then is there's an argument happening. Teacher, we brought, I brought my boy to you, to Jesus. So they say to you, Jesus, but your disciples couldn't fix him. And so they're arguing. Now, what are they arguing about? What do you think they're arguing about? How would you be arguing about that? You know, I've seen you do this for other people, Jesus. Why aren't you doing it for me? We still ask those questions. You know, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of these restrictions and lockdowns and challenges and extended issues and the high the highlighting of mental health issues now and challenges, the increase of demands on our services, both physically and mentally. You know, Jesus, we've seen you do this, A, B, C, and D, and yet you don't seem to be doing it for me. So we begin to disagree. And then we begin to disagree with one another because somehow we have a different philosophy because somehow we're not getting what we expected because somehow the wonder hasn't sustained us and we get disappointed. But even more than that, we might just be growing weary and frustrated. Um, and we've got to consider what does it look like for me to continue to walk towards Jesus? And I think there's, um, whether we participate in the wonder of Jesus for a period of time or whether we even struggle with the questions and the doubt that come because we're not seeing Jesus in the way that we thought he would or he's not working how we once experienced, the way we position ourselves and invite others to participate depends very much on the relationship that we share with Jesus. We see this experience with this boy's father and Jesus. I brought my child to you and your disciples aren't able to heal him. I've seen it happen. And Jesus, and he says to Jesus, you know, if you can, I know that you can heal my son. And I just, I just think it's a fascinating statement that Jesus says, if you can, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes, for him who believes, um, Jesus says, depending on your translation. And the father says, you know, oh, no, no, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Help me overcome my belief. Yes, do anything. Yes, I believe anything. Help me, help me overcome my belief. Now, have you ever been there? Doesn't sound very convincing, does it? And yet Jesus responds to it. See, the, the, I think we struggle sometimes because so often in faith, we think we have to have it all together. And we give this impression of having it all together. And I have conversations on a regular basis with people who struggle in their walk with Jesus because we're not doing what we should do. According to whom? And according to what? Now, there's things that we should, you know, that we're invited to. I won't say should because I don't want to use that word. There's things that we're invited to, and we know that there's things that are valuable to us, but we spend our lives trying to compare ourselves. Now, this father, it's hardly an inspiring declaration of faith, is it? Except, except, and I think this is a beautiful thing, he stayed in the conversation with Jesus. And if you're struggling in your faith at the moment, if you're not convinced, if you've lost that sense of wonder, if you've lost that sense of certainty, stay in the conversation. If you're struggling with this overwhelming sense of heaviness and tiredness and weariness and frustration and disappointment and how other people are responding or other people aren't doing what we thought they should be doing or the way they we thought that we could be doing it, stay in the conversation. Because what we tend to do in these moments is actually withdraw. And we do this, sadly, 
and it costs us as community. We, rather than sitting with people, I think if you're sitting with someone at the moment who's struggling in their faith, or you know, I, I don't know about this, I want my unbelief to be overcome, but it's not just happening. You know, there's plenty of scriptures that we could give, but they're not really satisfying, are they? Sometimes the best thing that we can do is go, you know what? We've got to press deeper into Jesus and let me do that with you. Let me do that with you. This isn't an argument of, uh, this isn't a moment of argument or wonder. It is a moment of decision for this man. And these moments of doubt, these moments where the, the faith gets a bit blurry, where the wonder kind of loses its attraction, it's a moment of decision. This father pursued the relationship out of sheer desperation and in the midst of uncertainty. I think that's a great example of love and of faith at the moment. Sheer desperation and in a power of uncertainty, press into Jesus because everything is possible for him who believes. Now, that doesn't mean that we get what we want either. <laughs> this is not an invitation to simply pray for what we want and Jesus just magically delivers. I don't think that's how it works. And many of us, you can give testimony to the fact that that's not how it works. It's also important to remember this is a similar conversation for the disciples. They leave that place, they're on their way again, and the disciples, they go into a room and the disciples look at Jesus and they say, why couldn't we do it? What happened to us? Now, remember, these were the disciples who not long ago Jesus sent out and said, go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, go and bring healing, cast out demons, and they came back and these disciples, man, they were pumping it up. They were fired up. You should have seen us, Jesus. We were just casting out demons. We were healing people. People were coming to you. And now they're coming to Jesus and they're going, it didn't work. And I know that many of us have felt like that. You know, where once it seemed to work, where once what we did to press into Jesus was working, where once we were excited about sharing our faith, now it doesn't seem to be working. It doesn't seem to bring the same life. Now, the disciples, I think, are asking a similar question to the Father. You know, what's going on here? How do we overcome this? And we can easily become discouraged. We can blame ourselves or others, or we even give up on what it means to follow Jesus. So we have conversations with people on a regular basis who wonder where God is, but we never really change our posture towards God. Or we compare ourselves. You know, we know what we should do. You know, we talk about, I should spend more time in quietness. I should spend more time reading my Bible. I should spend more time praying. I should spend more time. And when I say, according to who, nobody really knows what or who or where. Now, I'm not undervaluing those things. I agree. These are good things to be doing but we often do them because we think that's what good Christians do because somehow that's the expectations. But it seems in that mindset, it's something that becomes so hard and uninspiring because all we're simply trying to do is keep up with the people next door to, so to speak. And again, I don't want to undervalue or dismiss the need for quietness, the need for solitude, the need for prayer, the need for scripture reading, 
I think we've just lost the reason or the energy to participate in our relationship with Jesus in this way. Often we leave it up to others while Jesus is actually inviting us. Will you believe? Will you press into me? Will you reset? Will you trust me? In our doubt and our arguments and our disappointments, and Jesus invites us to just simply come to him. You know, I think he, he's asking the Father, if you can, everything's possible for one who believes in who believes in him. Yeah, now we might not see the great miracles, but I think everything is possible is a simple invitation to have our hearts transformed, to see life for the, through a new perspective and from the perspective that Jesus is seeing it. And see, so Jesus says to the disciples, this kind can only come out through prayer. So what's Jesus saying here? Because we read this and it seems like the disciples might have been faithful in prayer. Maybe they used the name of Jesus. Maybe they'd done everything that they'd done in the past. And at this point, whatever they'd done in the past wasn't working. And I can't help but wonder if Jesus at this point is saying, yep, and you've just got to keep coming back to me. You've just got to keep coming back to me. See, it's not about, I think in that moment, sorry, Jesus is inviting us to trust him, to walk with him, and to be transformed by him. See, prayer isn't about what we can get or even what imagining others might be doing, but it is the desire to deepen, to strengthen, and to increase our faith, even when it's not going according to plan, especially when it's not going according to plan. See, a prayer isn't so much about uh, quality or even quantity as much it is about proximity. How are we positioning ourselves to be with Jesus? In the midst of doubts, in the midst of frustrations, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of exhaustion and weariness and tiredness, how are we positioning ourselves to walk with Jesus? Now, this is a question that we can ask regardless of what age we are, regardless of how long we've been following him. What does it look like for me now to position myself to walk with him through all things, in all things? This is not a whimsical invitation into prayer. Dear Jesus, give me what I need. Dear Jesus, bless this food. This is, not, this is an invitation into deeper relationship, to walk with Jesus in his way and to trust him wholeheartedly and completely in all things and despite all things. I know that many of us, and we've said it before and we'll probably say it again, we are weary and we are feeling overwhelmed. But I'll tell you what, in six to 12 months when this, when the government declares that we're free and we can live with COVID or whatever it will be, that's when we'll discover how weary we are because we haven't learned to position ourselves to Jesus again. And if you want to, if I think if we need to be refreshed, and I know this is something I've got to struggle with and wrestle with, I've got to keep coming back to the heart of Jesus and position myself, even in the midst of frustrations and disappointments and wondering how long to go and wondering what it looks like to lead a church community and inspire others to faith. I know if I don't position myself to Jesus now, in another 6 to 12, 18 months, it'll be more difficult for me to return to that position because I'll feel even more weary what's the correct language there what's the correct English? i'll feel tighter <laughs> um and i think we will because once this is all declared over 
our nation and everyone around us will be going, right, what have I got to pick up again? How am I going to move here? What have I got to do to get this done? And we haven't learned to position ourselves to Jesus as the primary motivation for everything else that we do. I love the text. Um, and I don't say that to be a person of fear, just to highlight and caution us and to remind us, to position us um, at the foot of Jesus and to walk with Jesus. I love this text and I was reminded of them again. I want to share it with you again. And I hope you can uh, read along. This is from Matthew chapter 11. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. See, friends, faith is not about having all the answers. Faith is not dependent upon our intelligence. Positioning ourselves with Jesus to walk with Jesus, to trust in him, is not showing how knowledgeable we are, how skillful we are, how smart we are, how many Bible references we can quote without them transforming us. Memorizing scripture is a great thing to do, but if they're not transforming us, well, we're just doing a, an exam exercise. I, I love this. This is not about you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. This is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, that's simply about walking with Jesus. That's about learning his rhythms, his steps, his ways, about being in his presence so that we can walk with him with a sense of comfort, with a sense of, um, and I don't mean comfort in terms of the world stands, I mean a comfort in terms of knowing that we are in the will and the purposes of the Father to walk according to his ways. Now, friends, I, I think this text from Mark and indeed from the Gospel of Matthew is an invitation to come back and press into him to continue to position ourselves at the feet of Jesus in the ways of Jesus, um, knowing that there's so many things we don't know, knowing there's so many things outside our control at the moment, but what does it look like? What does it look like to keep pressing into the heart of Jesus? Yes, there's things that we want to wonder about. There's things that we want to be blown away about. There's things that we want to experience. We go, man, that is fantastic. There's things that we will argue about. There's things that we will disagree about. There's things that we have to wrestle with. There's things that we struggle with because it doesn't seem to be working as once it did. And whether in whatever circumstance that is, whatever we might be feeling at the moment, each one of these things is an opportunity to have our hearts, our lives, our minds set before us and set again to position ourselves in the ways of Jesus. And the simple question is, will you trust him again today? Or maybe this is the first time you've kind of joined on and you're really struggling or you're not really sure what the future holds. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to discover what it looks like to trust in Jesus. And it's an opportunity to sit there and say, I don't get this, what's going on here, Jesus, but I want you to be real in my life. I want my life to be directed towards you in all of my ways. It doesn't necessarily change the circumstances, but my prayer and my belief is that it does change the perspective. 
It doesn't mean we won't ask questions or disagree with things. It doesn't mean we can't be overwhelmed with wonder at times, but it gives us that place to reset and come back and say, Jesus, my life is all about you. I set my vision towards you. Father, we want to pray that you will sustain us and encourage us. We thank you for those moments of wonder. We thank you for those moments where we are blown away by what you have done and what you have delivered and how you've done some great miracles in our lives and our communities. We know there's moments of struggle and disagreement. We know there's struggles of questioning and uncertainty. And Father, we pray that you will minister deeply and richly into those moments, wherever people are watching, whatever they're going through at the moment, that somehow your spirit will reach through those circumstances, Father, and, and um, increase in us our desire to position our hearts, our minds, our spirits towards you so that we might believe again that all things are possible for anyone who believes in you. Father, in that, we just want to see your hand at work. We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your kingdom further revealed as you lead us and invite us to follow you. May you continue to be our vision in all of our ways, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.